Yum nub. Eat out the yum nub. Hello and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Jamie, and I'm looking forward immensely to torturing you today. And my name is Matt, and there has been an awakening. Have you felt it? <laughs> I have. Thanks I hope pharmacy. your quote. I hope your quote does not mean that today's episode is going to torture you, or that you're going to torture people with it. Maybe I'll just hit a lot of. Uh, what do you call them? Drops that you know don't mean anything, but just just to really just to annoy the shit out of you. But no, yeah, make the, make make the edit super hard on me. That that that's a good strategy because I've been really. <laughs> there you go, because I've been really putting in the extra time to make these shows super a, a great audio experience for everybody. Yeah, why would you do that? Um, yeah, I, I, I was know. saying, I was saying, Boo Earns. <laughs> oh, boy, boy, I love you. No, okay, all right, I'll stop. Yeah, you know, my uh, my quote was actually, uh, I was looking for something different, but I found this one and I decided to use it. Um, it is actually triple zero. Oh yeah, yeah. That's right. He does say that in one of the early one of his early appearances when he's t- torturing. Was it the Simul or was it the Mortician? I think it's the Mortician, but I am not a hundred percent. It's something he does early on. It's a good quote. Minus Snoke. <laughs> From the Force Awakens trailer. Yes, I'm uh, I'm aware. You don't have to be one upper. All right, so today we are going to be talking about Star Wars Visions, Episode 4, The Village Bride. Now, uh, before we get into it, we usually talk about um, what we've done for Star Wars lately. Uh, We took a week off because we both just had a lot of stuff going on. Um, But uh, we're back. And Matt, have you done anything Star Wars related or Star Wars adjacent? Yeah, we took the week off because my parents were in town and... We just needed a break, um, uh, so we, we. I took a, I did take a week off from Star Wars in general, but the boys and I did watch the finale of Bad Batch, and everybody thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and looking forward to season two, they were very excited to learn that there was a season two coming. Other than that, I've been. I downloaded the Ronin book but I've not started it. I finished the Essential Legends book, Rogue Squadron. I recommend it. And I sort of begun like 30 minutes into the Mace Windu novel, Shatterpoint. It's interesting so far, but it's too early for me to tell. Um, So other than that, I've just been doing mostly background Star Wars stuff. Nothing, Nothing too engaging, nothing too active. Have you done any Star Wars lately? No, I I really haven't. Um, other than um, catching up on uh, the visions, because I haven't seen all of them. You know, watching this one again, and I watched a few more that I hadn't seen. Um, the only thing close is that I watched the new Dune movie with, that has Oscar Isaac in it. So that's sort of Star Wars adjacent. That's. I mean, 
there's a there's a theory that uh, um, Tatooine and the Dune planet. Shit, I'm blanking. What's it called? Arrakis. Arrakis are the same planet, and the Fremen are actually the freed slaves um, from Star Wars, and it's, it's the same. It's a shared universe, and Luke has admitted that he took a lot from Dune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he definitely did, but um, yeah, I don't know if that would work that well because there's you know Lucas shied away from a lot of the weird sex stuff that Herbert put into his books um who is Sting in this movie who does Sting play uh Sting plays uh, uh I think it's Fayed uh, Fayed um I can't remember his full name I was uh, kidding is Sting really in this movie no um no, he's not. But I just thought you meant the character that he was playing. No, Sting. Sting should stick to comedy shows about podcasts at this point. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was actually I was actually going to do the. Um, I was going to I was going to say welcome to Brazos cast here. <laughs> Only murders in the building podcast about the fake cop show that Steve Martin was on podcast. We but, should we should definitely have a spin-off show where we talk about the in-universe only murders in the building cop procedural show starring Steve Martin's character entitled Brazos. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he, there's there's all 2 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks really bad. Time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there there is a um, there is a, uh, like a, a poster for it in uh, I can't think of the name the the um, Steve Martin's character's apartment. There is a there is a Brazos poster, of course. And I was actually I was just trying to think of like um, Sting's characters in the uh, David Lynch version of Dune was uh, Fade Rotha, but um, I don't know who it is in the new movie. You don't know who plays Fade Rotha in the new movie? No. All right. I haven't watched it yet. I, I you recommended it to me, and two other people recommended it to me. So I'm. Yeah. It's on my list, and I'm on the trajectory to watch the new Dune. Yeah. Um, you get to see. Tr- you get to see Oscar Isaac partially nude. Sold. <laughs> like half buttock or like oh, full buttock. Mm, like, more like it's just like. Um, you see all the way up to his leg and then there's the chair of an arm or the arm of a chair and then you see him all the way up the full Monty Um, so you know you're welcome there alright so it takes the whole arm of a chair to cover up his cock got it (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah I can't there's a lot of jokes I can make about that but yeah, let's keep on going. <laughs> well, you're the one. You're the one that in the previous episode that we're talking talking about how the the twins' lightsaber look like a, a Jeff Bezos's um, spaceship. <laughs> That's right. I did. I I brought this upon myself. Right. I was asking for it. All right. So, do you want to get into it just so we can uh, get through it? Sure. Sure. Um, all right. So, 
uh, we uh, we've already talked about um, everybody who would be in this, so we're just going to jump straight in. So the show opens up on a green planet uh, covered with trees, and there's a shooting star. Now there's someone who's surveying. Uh, sorry, someone is surveying uh, some plant life in a helmet. Now this is a weird kind of like helmet. It's almost like a uh, a bucket, not the kind of tapered bucket, but like just like a straight up and down cylinder bucket. It reminds me of some of the. Um, I think that they're um, like some of the worshippers uh, in Jeddah. Or it might have been in the Han Solo movie, but I remember distinctly remember seeing people with like helmets similar to these in Star Wars. Yeah, that, before. that was that was Jetta. Okay. So eventually, a woman approaches the man. She says that she needs to be cautious. She's just kind of dressed in these robes. She's um, she's very much kind of like dressed like like a Jedi, and she's wearing a she's wearing a mask. The person in the kind of the big helmet says not to worry, and the Empire won't find her here. She asks about the masked man's progress. Uh, he says that he's not done. And then he comments on her uh, mask that's pretty much kind of like a COVID mask, except for a lot cooler, and it doesn't fog up her glasses. She's not wearing glasses, but it's just a pain in the butt for those of us who do wear glasses. Um, he wants to show uh, her something. They watch a young man and a woman walking on a path. And now the man is carrying a woman on a chair on his back. The woman says that she would rather walk, but the man says that he, she can't have dirty feet for her wedding. And the uh, couple walk up to a forest pass uh, to the top of a ravine. This is some sort of um, kind of like pre-wedding ritual for this planet. Yeah, I got I got big. I got big like toss the virgin into the volcano vibes the first time I watched this. It was strange um yeah um yeah it, it, at first i was definitely like what the heck is going on but then once i realized that it was like a you know some sort of like like a wedding thing that it was just like oh and then i realized that they're the ones getting married that i was like oh well okay sure whatever you know like uh in the um like in, in game of thrones like in game of thrones like they would like everybody would watch the newly married couple fuck so you know this is fine sure i want want to talk about the man in the mask for a second the man in the bucket okay um he has like this weird looks like a some sort of scientific device from like the 60s or 50s yeah it's like an oscilloscope or something yeah it's like a big box on his chest with a bunch of these switches on it but the probe he's holding looks a lot like a lightsaber Oh, you're you're right. I noticed that, but I forgot to mention it. So, and then it, it sort of balloon. It sort of like expands out to almost look like a like an umbrella without like a cloth on it. And he's like he's like waving this thing around in this field. It, it's it's meant to communicate that he's doing some sort of survey or using some sort of scanner, but it's not. It's not ever explained what he's doing exactly, but he's studying this planet. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just just want to mention that. Right. Okay. So once at the top of the ravine, there's this uh, black obelisk with red highlights. The woman dismounts from the chair, and they present themselves to the obelisk. They, re- they repeat that they are one with the planet and touch the obelisk. 
And uh, the quote is exactly, we are the sky, we are the forest, we are the river. A blue pulse is released from the structure. Now the woman observing says, this is, but she trails off. The young couple looks as they see themselves as younger children. And this is a memory of the planet. It shows the younger children making a path for the fish in the river. Then all of a sudden the memory collapses and appears as if the landscape is changing right in front of them. Okay, the masked man says that the people respect nature and that an old friend of hers had roots on this planet. And she kind of, uh, the the woman whispers that it was her master. So, you know, it was kind of hinted that she might be a Jedi, but it's, you know, it's pretty, uh, you know, it's, it's obvious now that, yeah, she's a Jedi. And I think she, they're foreshadowing, I think they're foreshadowing right before this, before this point um, that this woman might be a Jedi. And then she very solemnly says like oh my master right like and you realize that she does have she does have a braid yeah it's it's not it's not a braid like you see like um like anakin or obi-wan had it's more of just kind of a thicker braid but it's it's still a braid that that's just kind of distinct from the rest of her hair yeah and so and so at this point you you should be if you're not you should be thinking she must be a Jedi or a Padawan or something mm-hmm. in that lineage. Um, it's it's really it's very telegraphing, right? right. What, what 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 to think? Um, the whole thing about like the obelisk, I I remain confused after watching it multiple times. What exactly this scene means? But the fact that this putative Jedi when she sees the, or after the blue wave leaves the obelisk, how she reacts to it um, makes me care about what's going on with these people. Like right. they're somehow, like the planet's energy is somehow like force energy. We know about other planets that are sort of imbued with the force. And so this is just one of those places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, um, you know... These days, they're very big on, you know, more like 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 objects have force, you know, powers. Is that, you know, that this this thing has some sort of, you know, force powers, and it kind of, you know, it's a, you know, it's a ritual for you know married people to kind of see their past and and whatnot, and the planet sort of quote unquote speaks to them, kind of like how like in Avatar, you know, they they all the uh, the nave or the big blue kitties they you know they plug their little braid into the tree you know kind of and the whole planet's connected right i mean the planet just real quick the planet's name is kelia like k e l i a kelia mm-hmm. um and i you and i have talked about sort of the disney era force materialism i think i've referred to it before on the show yeah force capitalism before. Force capitalism, yeah, where where the force is captured in objects that people can possess and make them powerful. Um, so the planet's sort of like that. Mm-hmm. The masked man and the the women uh, examine the planet and see that it has been exploited by uh, exploited for resources by the separatists during the war. And you know, it's mentioned that war just takes. And the woman has a flashback of some trauma. Now there, there's like a, like something happened and there's like like a, like a red like flash, 
was kind of like a lightsaber, but I'm not really sure. They never, it's never really explained. Maybe. It's, um, do you want to talk about it now or later? I think it's foreshadowing, or it's she's seeing the future. It's Palpatine. Did you catch that? Uh, that it's Palpatine. So, so her trauma is that she watched Darth Sidious kill her master. She's a Order sixty six survivor. Right. No. Yeah, I got that. Because, um, you know, I figured that part out, but it was just like Sidious never got his hands dirty. Uh, in this in this telling, the light the red flash of the lightsaber is Sidious um, killing her master, and so we know that Sidious killed Fisto and Koth and maybe and Windu. But supposedly he, in this retelling, her unnamed master was killed by Palpatine, and that's what she's recalling in her trauma. How do you know that? Um, other materials Palpatine is listed as appearing in this episode. Um, interviews with the writer, huh. stuff like that. Oh, uh, okay. All right. It's not. It's not meant to be over the top. It's meant to be a subtle nod to the whole thing. Hmm. So, okay, alrighty. Let's see. So back at the village, there's uh, everyone celebrating the anticipation of the wedding, um, and the the masked man and the woman are there observing. He's now got his bucket off. The villagers call them the travelers and invite them to partake in their festivities. And they learn that t- um, that tomorrow the bride will be taken away. A villager who's uh, a server he explains that some marauders have uh, reprogrammed battle joys to terrorize the village. The observers learn that the young woman is trading places with her grandfather, the uh, the chief of the village, as a hostage for the pirates with the battle droids, and this is how she will protect her people. Um, the <laughs> now, in kind of a very anime sort of way, the talkative man is drug away um, by a bigger, you know, like woman. And all of a sudden, the bride's sister says that this is outrageous, and some of them will will fight rather than surrender to the marauders. An argument ensues, and the rebellious sister says, "What kind of wedding is full of mourning?" The um, the other sister is kind of ready to sacrifice everything. Um, the and then they all kind of like leave their scarves there as that that the group leaves. They leave like scarves there, which I don't know. Is it's like it's very much kind of like um. They've got a very kind of like island vibe sort of thing going with these villagers. Um, like, I mean, the sister's wearing like booty shorts and like some of the, the men are just wearing, you know, uh, like what seems like board shorts. Yeah, it does feel a little bit Pacific Island-y just from the the dress and the climate and the fauna, I guess. Um I do like the scene a lot, though. I like the I like the exposition from like the little waiter. I like how he sort of fills in the gaps. I like how how these sort of observers are invited in to this party. Uh, you presume you don't see that, but they're at the party and they're calling them travelers. And you're you're learning a lot about 
this group here. It's it's very pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole the whole idea that there there would be like this schism in their culture, where one sister thinks that they need to fight for everything, and the other sister's like, no, no, I'm just going to give up any chance at happiness. Yeah, I I understand that this is the the story, but like the the why the grand you know why not the grandfather and the grandfather just the, who's the the chief just sits there. This, you're, the, you're wondering you're wondering why they want the teenage girl instead of the old man. Well, I know why they want the teenage girl instead of the old man, but it's just like she's going in her his place. They wanted him, but you know, like she's going in his stead. Like he must be like one hell of a chief. Yeah, you know, like the the only one who knows how to like, uh, you know, turn on the cable, whatever. Because, you know, I I got I got. Um, do you remember the movie Dragon Slayer from the eighties? Oh, vaguely. I I kind of got the feeling of this, where like, where, what they would do is like, like uh, through like every time, like, under a certain time period, they would like, there would be a lottery, and they would sacrifice uh, a woman. Oh, right. Yeah. To the the dragon to appease it, and then eventually, you know, like, uh, you know, dragon slayer the dragon slayer was hired, and they don't. Um, and at a certain point, the the you know the princess realizes that her name was never in it, and then she makes sure that all of her, like that she, that she sacrifices herself for the rest and the all the women in the, uh, you know, in the kingdom, you know, by just changing all of. Uh, like all of their names in the little bucket to hers, so I, I kind of got that vibe, almost kind of or like kind of like um, like Hunger Games, sort of like where you know she's she's doing it to save someone else, but right. in this case, it's just like some old guy who doesn't. I would have been much. I'd have been a little bit happier with like, you know, like if they had a little scene with the chief and he's just kind of like, I'm really not happy with this. I don't want this i mean um, you also learn you also learn that she's like her parents are dead and so she's not even related to the chief so it's very strange that i think you're right it's very strange that she would sacrifice herself to get this guy back yeah and uh one of the uh one of the characters who walks off with his sister he's got a very Oh, I I can't think of the character like maybe like a like Street Fighter character vibe. Like he's got like this big um, headband on. He, or maybe it's just because you see the same similar you know character type in all sorts of like anime. I can't uh, I can't explain it, but I've I know I've seen him before. Not literally, but I've seen that. You know, it's a sure, very stylistic like Ryu. Round one. Fight. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. So the masked man is kind of baiting the uh, the masked woman to uh, intervene on their behalf. And in the uh, sorry, in the wilderness, the masked woman uh, she's kind of alone, and she's kind of using the force to like levitate a pebble. And then um, the ma- um, the masked woman she meets the bride. And tries to convince her that the bride says she won't be alone and leaves with her husband, and that the masked woman has another flashback, but it's brief. Now, now she calls it the uh, now. 
No, it's called the Magina. <laughs> the, planet, the planet's called the Magina. The yeah. Magina. I, I, sorry, I think of Deuce Bigelow. Um, but you know, they they kind of call it like you know, it's, it's like once again like a different name for the Force. I mean, that's what I read into it. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly my interpretation too. It's like it's somewhere in between like the Force and like our concept of Gaia. It's like the planet and the force are the same to these people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I 100% because she's like, do you feel they're, they're saying Majina, mm-hmm. right? Not Magina, but <laughs> they're, they're, they're saying, do you like, like mm, the, the Magina. Jedi, the putative Jedi says, do you feel Magina? <laughs> uh, God damn it. It's Magina. <laughs> do you feel Magina? The Magina. And, only, and then they sort of have their conversation nice about dinner. that. Yeah, only after a good dinner, probably a movie. <laughs> in my case, I'll, in my case, uh, wine. Um, no, the so she so they're talking right, and 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 the Jedi is definitely not saying the Force. She's definitely saying, um, Magina. Like, do you feel? Do you feel the Magina? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's very much just like using the force in a way that we've seen, and the the bride is kind of like, oh, you, you know, you 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 feel the magina. See, I can do it, or, or whatever, you know. So she's just thinking like, oh, you're feeling that, you know, you can, you know, touch the essence of the planet, or you know, whatever. When it's really just, you know, the force. Yeah, Chrissy just texted me asking if I was saying vagina. <laughs> yes. Yes, we're that's what about, I was saying. We're talking about Padme's periods. Well, only in certain, only when we're, only when we're reviewing certain books. <laughs> All right, let's go on. All right, so that night, the uh, bride and groom prepare for the morning, where the uh, bride will be given to the marauders. Now, the masked woman decides what to do, and she cuts off her braid and uh, takes off the mask. I do like this scene a lot because. I don't know. It just feels like feels like one of those like Rambo like montage things where he like ties Mandan around his head and like grabs the gun, you know. And Kanan cuts off his hair before he goes like ape shit and goes into the Imperial compound to rescue Hera. This just feels so right. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm gonna cut my hair off and take my mask off. I'm not yeah. hiding anymore. But she still um, has the high heels on. Well, I figured I figured we would talk about that in a minute, but yeah. Um, foot fetish, <laughs> anti-foot fetish, whatever, whatever's going on with you. They make no sense for you know just walking around normal or in combat. Let's talk. Let's talk about it when when she gets there. Okay. Okay. Not that I have experience wearing high heels, but they. Just from what women have told me, they don't seem practical. All right. right. Anyways. So the next morning, the village goes out to meet the pirates. A man asks the bride if she's supposed to replace the chief. The bride confirms that she is, uh, that uh, she's the replacement. The pirate says the bride will be collateral for any trouble. And the uh, battle droids find that the sister of the bride was planning an attack on the pirate. The, um they found that uh, I think she had like a thermal detonator or, 
or something. The leader of the pirates goes to shoot the sister, but his bolt is frozen in midair. Let's pause here real quick before we get into the craziness. Um, I sort of wish... So I'm, I'm going to spoiler alert for really quick. I like this one. This is a very solid little vignette as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It makes sense in Star Wars. It's compelling. I like. It's got a good cast of characters. Um, I really, really wish we would have gotten a little bit more with the sister about why she wants to fight, what her plan was, how she was caught. Um, her, her name is Sako, by the way. Um, the sister, who the rebellious one. I just wanted I wanted a little bit more with her, because literally we only see her at the wedding feast, like the reception or the wedding or whatever, saying that they should fight. And the very ne- next time we see her, she's got a gun in her face being executed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to know a little bit more, like why is she so hell bent on fighting? How was she caught? That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, this is um, this is one of the first ones that actually makes me really care. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that definitely would have been nice. All right, so uh, the bolt is frozen in midair, and it's just kind of like how, what, like what Kylo Ren did in The Force Awakens, and it's 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 pretty cool. And you realize that it's you know it's this um, the masked woman. She's no longer wearing the mask. Uh, the Force Caesar says you can't uh, put a stone to change the flow of the river. The people know that. The breath of life of the... Uh, sorry. Know that. The the breath of life is a wind and will respond. The Jedi calls on Regina to help her. The droids and the pirates start to raise their weapons, but something's firing upon them, um, which is the man who was in the, the big bucket helmet. Uh, he's up... Uh, he has the higher ground. And so he's uh, he's shooting at them, and eventually he throws his helmet into the battle droids. And the helmet uh, has like I don't know, has like some like model rocket engines in it, and it shoots directly into the ship and destroys it. Yeah, and, I love this. I love this scene. It's so. I, sometimes this stuff doesn't work for me, um, and sometimes it does. Uh, this time it just works. You know, they're, the ship that they come in on sort of looks like a cross in between. Like the Millennium Falcon, and um, what's his face's ship from um, Shadows? Oh shit! What's his name? Calcatan? Not Calcatan. Like the the weird like less than Millennium Falcon. Um, Dash Rendar's. Dash Rendar. There it is. Thank you. His ship. Yeah. It sort of looks like Dash Rendar's ship, maybe a little bit bigger, smaller than Millennium Falcon, but it's it's in the same style of all of that. Um, and when this when this helmet he throws it down, it just feels like it's a grenade when he does it. Yeah. And everyone's looking at it like expecting it to explode, and it just like rockets into the ship and explodes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the right kind of subverting subverting expectations in that moment, right? It's it's like oh shit, it's a bomb. No, it's actually a rocket and a bomb. Yeah. It, it's, it works very well in this moment. And I, I don't know if this guy is Force-sensitive or what his deal is. We have no idea what his backstory is um, at this point. His name is Valco. Um, but there's very little about him in Wikipedia and whatever whatever's going on with him. 
um, I sort of want to know more about his relationship to the Jedi mm-hmm. um, and and the Force, but it I just really appreciate this scene. Yeah. So, um, so the the head marauder is stranded and defenseless. He grabs the bride and threatens her. Uh, the uh, the mass he asks the masked woman who she is, and she says that she's a Jedi. She pulls her lightsaber and, which uh, is really cool. It's um, it's you know the uh, katana style blade. Um, it's, yeah. It's gold. And she kind of like she lurches toward him. She does something with her shoes, kind of like her shoes are like they kind of like self un- unbuckle or something like that. Um, and then before you know it, all of a sudden he's dead, and she's like, she's like moved like, you know, using the force just super fast, you know, just right right past him and th- pretty much through him. Yeah, it's like it's like she's twenty feet in front of him. She leans forward. Her shoes do her high heels do like this weird unbuckling thing, and then all of a sudden she's like twenty feet behind him and he's dead. Yeah, it's. It's, um, it's very, really impressive. It's really cool. Yeah, it's um, it's like uh, like these days, like uh, like like sword fights. They're very, you know, like all sorts of crazy stuffs happening. But I I've, um I like um to see like the sword fights that are like how they would normally be, like going at it. You know, all of a sudden, just one person's dead. The other person, you know, wasn't able to block. You know, one you know one person was way too fast. Kind of like how the um, the duel between uh, Maul and Obi Wan in Rebels went, where it was just like yes. you were expecting, like, oh boy, you know, some shit's gonna go down, and it was just like, I mean, he just kills Maul in like you know, in like two seconds. It's two hits. It's two hits, and Maul's dead in that that battle, rather than a fifteen minute highly choreographed like battle sequence. The the head marauder's named uh, Izumu. He is so wildly un- outmatched here. His only move is to threaten the girl, and it doesn't phase the Jedi at all. Mm-hmm. Who, who's only who's only known by the letter F mm-hmm. in in the script. Like she's just called F. Yeah. Um. But but F just blows through him like he's nothing. Yeah. It's it's perfect. And it should be noted that like she has a scar like going from the her right side of her lip down her chin. Now it might be like just because they don't go there's not a lot of detail into the characters, but it might, you know, like if there was much more detail it might it might be a lot more horrific than it actually right. is, but it just looks just more like oh you spilled some, you know, pizza sauce on your chin. You know, I mean, she wears a mask, um, probably partially to conceal her identity, but, or, but probably also partially to um, sort of conceal her shame about her appearance. Mm-hmm. It's believable, especially especially for a cartoon, and and the mask is telegraphing multiple things at the same time. It's 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 a believable device. Yeah. So back at the village, the, uh, the villagers are watching and uh, just kind of, you know, flashes, you know, there, there's like really like at a certain point, there's no more animation. There's just, you know, just like her leaving. She's leaving in kind of like what looks like a combination of a T-70 X-Wing and 
the fighter craft from like the Clone Wars. Yeah, I couldn't quite put my finger on yeah. the ship. But uh, you know, every you know everybody's happy. She's uh, thwarted prima nocta, and uh, but uh, you know the man stays behind and she jumps into hyperspace. I've uh, you know. Like you said, you know, I I really enjoyed this one because it was very um, from the ones that I've watched. The more that it could be kind of slipped into canon, I find the more that I that I actually like like them. But uh, you know, I like this one a lot because it just feels. I think you said it feels very Star Wars. The you know that it um, you know it definitely is something that could happen or could have happened. It could easily be you know slipped into canon. Without with minimal effort. Yeah, so so I'm I'm right there with you. I think this let's they they reference the Empire in this, and so this is obviously Empire era. She is basically a Padawan on the run, and so she's an Order Order sixty six survivor. We know that there's a dozen of those, um, plus a bunch we probably don't know about. Um, it it's well grounded in a solid like Jedi hero story. It's unknown people, unknown planet, unknown culture. We get the we get glimpses of that culture. It's very ecocentric. It's very reasonable for for what we've seen in other cultures in Star Wars. It's interesting. Um, the battle droids are there. Uh, it's so like just seeing them doing stuff is exciting for me. Um, the whole thing just works. Yeah. There's there's obviously moments that I don't get or or things that that I don't quite understand, but just I believe her, I believe the Jedi, I believe like the scientist guy, I believe the villagers and their earnestness. I believe the sister who wants to rebel and fight back because that makes sense because you you know you see that their planet's been destroyed by all of these like invaders and interlopers and everyone that's just treating them like shit all the time. It just works. My, my only criticism is that I really want to know more about that sister. Like I want to know if like their parent, did their parents die fighting the separatists or trying to protect the land? Um, like what is, what is that relationship there? Oh yeah. You thought a lot more into it than I did. I was more interested in like the, uh, the junked probe droid you see at the beginning. Um, that stuff is cool too, right? You see, like a you see a probe droid, like the one on Hoth that finds the rebel base, but it's like up on pikes in like the forest. It's obviously broken. And it's like propped up on sticks of wood. That's really cool. Yeah, and um, I, you know, the more I think about it, the more that like the beginning where it shows like the something flying into the atmosphere. Um, I think it's actually that's. I think that that was her. Yeah. Uh, her coming to the planet. But, um, yeah, overall, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I actually, I was actually moved by this one a little bit. I mean, some of it was a little cheesy, but it was very, I found it like, you know, no longer, you know, no longer hiding, um, you know, from her past or whatever, you know, um, I thought it's very similar. It's very similar to the theme theme of like um, Tatooine Rhapsody, but handled in a in a much more grounded Star Wars way, mm-hmm. where it's like that was like a singer coming to terms with his re like his identity, but this is like a like a Jedi 
deciding to like fight back again. It's very it's very rewarding to see like the hero put back on that that like badge of of responsibility and and fight back. Yeah, usually it usually takes a lot more, but you know, they only had so much time for this, so it was it was, it was pretty quick for her to just be like, "All right, I'm done. I'll reveal myself." There's a few there's a few things that hint at it. it, it first, you're right, right? The it's a short thing. It's 15 minutes. I think the total runtime is like 17 minutes, but that includes the credits. And they and they're doing a lot of economy of story, but the things that they do establish prior to her um, deciding to intervene is one her master is from there and she has some sort of tr- trauma in the past both emotional and physical trauma about the death of her master um, and so she feels connected to the planet through that she does commune with the planet at one point to try to understand it and that's her in the woods by herself she goes to the wedding reception and the wedding um, so she has sort of like a cultural understanding of these people and and then she sees them being mishandled right being abused by these marauders so it's not like out of nowhere mm-hmm. they in in that 15 minutes they they do give you a reason to believe that she would do this um, but we don't know her backstory so we don't know how out of character this is for her. It just feels like like that Valco guy really set her up to sort of do the right thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, do you want to get to our uh, rankings? Oh, uh, Sure. Yeah, okay. So, uh, if you haven't listened to us before, uh, we rank every episode based upon a character. Now, a really good episode would be uh, Han, Luke, Leia, um, Darth Vader, you know, an original trilogy character. And then a not-so-great episode would be, uh, I don't know, like the the Gungan general who tells Jar Jar he's in deep doo-doo. You know, somebody not a whole lot important that, you know that doesn't change the story all that much. So, Matt, what do you uh, what do you give the Village Bride? I mean, I want to give it a high rating, um, especially after I gave such a terrible rating to the last one. I said the I said it was the sprocket, the stormtrooper <laughs> found in the desert. I still think I I really do want to know more about that sister, so I'm going to ding it for that. But I think this is more. Um, Along the lines of like a Kit Fisto sort of thing. It's a character that I really enjoy and like when they're around. I just wish I knew more about them. You know, I there's a great story there, and I just want to hear it. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kit Fisto. That's a solid choice. You know, I I really like this one, and I'm kind of uh, I can't really think of a you know, a non-canon character, you know, to kind of uh, fall in line with what we've been doing in the past to, you know, to rank as. So um, all the ones from Ewoks and droids are just kind of, uh, you know, I, I, 
I was actually, you know, like I said, I was actually moved at a certain point by what was going on. So, you know, I, w- I would, um, I guess I'll go with the Quinlan Voss on this one because the, you know, the redemption arc that he goes through in Dark Disciple, you know, is a very interesting character. Who still might be alive. Well, yeah, as far as we know, he's still out there. He was on the list of yeah, he was missing Jedi. List. Busy hiding Grogu, maybe. Um, oh, how sweet would that be? Goddamn. I was just, when, right when you said that, I was like, holy shit, could we have like a underground railroad for Grogu with Order 66 survivors? Yeah. And, and, wow. You know, some, but something happens to him, and, you know, he, and he, Grogu ends up in the hands of um, those uh, Nikto gangsters or whoever they were. Yeah, Nikto's, yeah. Quinlan Voss for me, because he's a he's a great character and great for, force user. It's a solid choice. Um, no, I think we both really enjoyed this one. Good on yeah. or good on visions. Yeah. I think there's a couple a couple coming up that I'm I'm gonna really enjoy too. So Yeah. Yeah, there's at least two I know that they, I'm pretty sure you will. Alright, so um, that's the show, you know. Um, be sure, you know, like whatever, um, podcast streaming app that you're using, you know, like if you can rank us, please do, please give us a high score, tell a friend, we don't advertise this at all. It's all word of mouth and, uh, you know, random internet postings. And, uh, you know, if you think we did a shitty job, um, tell somebody you don't like, make them waste some of their time because fuck them. Am I right? So we'll be back next week with another episode of Visions. Where we review the ninth Jedi. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Da 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 da